0: Welcome, y'all, to the Black Hoof Saloon, a Wild West Exodus podcast. Mosey on up to the bar and get yourself a bottle of fire water or a glass of sarsaparilla and listen to some good old yarns about adventures of law dogs, outlaws, and weird creatures. So set a spell, water your ride or your rider, and get ready to tune up your posses. This is the Black Hoof Saloon.
1: Ho, happy holidays, all my little buckaroos, and welcome to the Black Hoof Saloon. The boys here have lots of gifts for you today, so don't be naughty, don't get on that list, and they'll have lots of goodies for you today on this special holiday Christmas edition of the Wild West Exodus podcast, the Black Hoof Saloon. Ho, 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 All right, howdy, 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 Bronco Busters. Welcome back to another episode of The Black Hoof Saloon, a Wild West Exodus podcast. This is Eric here with you, and as always, I have my co-host, Brian.
2: Howdy, everybody.
1: And Tom with me. Hey there. All right, today's episode, so we are in the Christmas month, so we got a little Christmas joy to spread a little bit later we're also going to probably talk about uh, some news items, like some rules changes we had just recently. And we are going to actually do a roundup talk about PAX. And we're actually going to do that right now. And uh, some more stuff from PAX. So I want to, before we get into that, just kind of thank all the... New listeners that we've gotten lately, uh, actually a lot of them just before PAX, since PAX. Thank you to all those people that have been listening to the show, that have liked it, followed us on Podbean or, you know, the Google or iTunes. And uh, actually a, a big thank you to people that have been starting to comment and sending us uh, questions. That, you know, it kind of fuels us to keep doing what we're doing, gives us some ideas of what you guys want to hear us blabber about. So thank you again. You know, we appreciate it. Why don't we have a little bit of a roundup talk about PAX, Tom? Uh, unfortunately, our co-host Brian couldn't go with us, so me and Tom, uh, well, it's easy for you, Tom. It's like in your backyard, kind of.
3: Well, it's kind of backyard. You know, unfortunately, I I, I live in the last train station at the end of the line, uh, it takes me a while to get in there, but uh, but I, I eventually I got there. Um, you so. did get
1: there eventually, and I made sure you didn't miss that shuttle to make your train yes. to get home.
3: <laughs> yes, that was awesome. You were like, "Go get that guy!" <laughs> All
1: right. But uh, so, real quick, I mean, what what did you think of the the show, Tom? I mean. It was, from what I heard, it was bigger than last year's packs, the first year. So, this was their second year doing this. Right. It, I, mean, I didn't
3: make it out last year. So, so this was the first time for me there. I mean, it's only the second year. So it's not like, I'm like, Oh my God, this, <laughs> this amazing thing. Um, it, it was, it was a cool, it was really cool. The convention center is easy to get to. It's very accessible. There's a lot of great places to eat around there. Uh, looks like, you know, there's a lot of parking, a lot of hotels, parking is expensive. Uh, you know, disclaimer there. That's why I started taking the train in. <laughs> um, but you know, the venue is pretty good. Some of the things that I didn't, you know, that concerned me a little bit, there's not a lot of signage. So it wasn't very clear uh, where to go and what to do when we first got there. It wasn't clear, you know, where lines were. Uh, the fact that there was a huge queue to get into the, yeah. uh, the expo hall wasn't communicated anywhere. So there, you know, there was just a map that said expo hall is, you know, in, uh, I think it was A A or B. hall. And so a whole bunch of people were just lined up outside this hall waiting. And then, you know, right when it was two minutes before they were supposed to open up, they're like, oh no, no, there's this queue you have to go, you know, like around the block for. And I'm like, well, I've been standing here for an hour. That would have been nice to know. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You know, so so from an organizational standpoint, you know, I think that they need to get a little bit of a handle on that. But I mean, that's a really minor, minor thing.
1: Yeah. some of that was thrown together rather quick like with the security stuff in response to uh, which one was it they had a, a previous show where they had some trouble at so they they added this this security check line Right
3: Well the security check line didn't bother me because I'm used to going through those anyway every time I go to a okay. sporting event or anything so that that seems normal to me I did hear a lot of complaints about that you have there were metal detectors you had yeah. to go in through metal detectors was perfectly fine to me. I I didn't have a problem with it, but, you know, it did create a bottleneck. Uh, You know, make sure you get there early. But, you know, all in all, I mean, those are just, like, kind of minor logistical things for the con itself.
1: Yeah, they're growing pain things. I mean, this is only their second time doing this in Philly. And, you know, there was a lot of people there. I don't think they were...
3: you know? i couldn't believe the amount of people there um, I'd only ever been to Adepticon as far as other cons are concerned, and this was huge compared to that. You had to get into, you had to get in line to get in line <laughs> for, for some things um, you know and, and when I say online, you know I'm not talking about single file or, or two people you're talking you know ten, twelve people wide lines and and going down entire like blocks. Uh, it really kind of blew my mind, uh, the size of this thing, you know, but, so small logistic issues aside, uh once you were in, once you were through, the place is big. It didn't feel crowded. Uh it was very clear that there were a lot of people there, but you weren't like jammed into you weren't jammed in like sardines or anything.
1: No. You could
3: walk around, you could <laughs> see th- you could see things. It wasn't Gen know, Con. Uh,
1: <laughs> I've been to Gen Con you feel like you're a sheep, you know, just milling around. That, that's down.
3: what I've heard. And yeah. I'm really glad it wasn't like that. I get a little antsy when I get into crowds and um, then I start throwing elbows and stuff. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and I can get away with it because people look at me and they're like, all right, you, we'll leave you alone. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so, you know, I was kind of glad about that. You know, and so just from a, a venue standpoint and, and a feel of it, it, it was a very uh, positive feeling place. Uh, the the open gaming area was jam packed. Yeah, uh, there were there wasn't a table to be had.
1: No, uh, we tried.
3: We, <laughs> we tried. We were going to have open gaming and we got there we're like, oh, my God, we missed the bus on this one. I think you had to be I think you had to get in there as the door opened, jump on a table and not move from it yeah. uh, for the rest of the weekend. So, you know, now we know that too. I think if, if we want to do something next year, we gotta get in ahead of time and actually schedule some space. There was some space in the downstairs area where they had tournaments going on, uh, organized play tournaments. And I bet you we could probably get a couple of tables down there if if we really tried. Um, so that you know, that's the feel of the general feel of the place. More specifically to war cradle. Um They've got a cool booth. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how else to put it. Their their booth is uh, pretty amazing. You know, the the pictures, the stand-up, the wraparound walls. I think we've all seen pictures of them on Facebook yeah. and everything.
2: Never but, enough pictures, though. No. Never enough pictures.
3: I
1: was trying there, oh, to find a big poster of you, Brian, but they didn't have it up on the wall.
2: Right. So they, they rotate their posters. So <laughs> – uh, I have been the uh, showcase uh, for a couple of different con- uh, conventions, but yeah, I did not see Jedrick up at well, no, uh, at pack.
1: I was Club. hoping me and Tom could take a picture with you, you know, while you were there, kind of.
2: But... That, would, that
1: would
3: be like you were with us. Yeah, yeah that
2: that 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 w- that would have been really cool, you know. But but yeah, no, it didn't happen. Uh, but you did get to see you did get to see the uh, pre order model of. Of the new legendary Jet Yeah.
3: We did and it was painted. Um I think that one was done by Angel, right? Um I think so, yeah. So I uh, it was it was nice. <laughs> I mean Eric was really good about representing with pictures and video and stuff. Yeah, um I was, I,
1: I, I paparazzi big time <laughs> at this pack. I made sure I did not miss one model.
3: <laughs> I, I, I had my camera there and I just kept forgetting to take pictures and I you know, I I get I get a little overawed and my wife doesn't let me film the kids doing sports either, because we just get pictures of the ground as I'm
4: like, (laughs) yeah,
3: you know, so I, I just sort of stood there and wonder, but a really cool booth, uh, a lot of demos going on, Um, you know, a constant stream of people seemed to be in there both for Exodus and for dystopian wars, because they had a small demo going there of their, uh, of that going on too. And that kind of constant stream of people as well. Met all the guys uh, over there. You know, I, I've, I've, you know, I knew Daz already, but got to meet everybody else that was there. That was really cool. I don't know. I know what else more to say about it. it was it was pretty awesome.
1: Yeah, they, uh, I think, what so after the con with you, Tom, going there now. You you weren't signed up as a war host, but I think af- after the con, you pretty much from what you were doing was basically what a war host does. But without well, the shirt, uh,
2: one of the reactions I got from uh, some of the War Cradle staff that were there, uh, their response uh, was, "You know, yeah, Tom Kenny's not a war uh, war host, but he should be." <laughs>
1: that's that's wow. I got some of the same comments too, and I said, "Okay, me and Brian are working on them. We're working on them." <laughs>
3: I I put in I put in my my resume. <laughs> so, no, I I did get that in. My, uh, my you know my hesitation has always been that I I don't want to commit to something that I don't know whether I can commit to it, but if it's, you know, if it's more about doing support for cons or doing events, I can do that. It's the weekly in and out that you know I have concerns about being able to do. Well, um so
1: I mean one of the things like one of the things that we pretty much you know provided i mean besides just getting to meet community members and meet new community members and just share our passion of the game with people is just like answer questions we were kind of a buffer for the overflow in a way because they were like saturday they were jam-packed where like parker and daz were non-stop with demos daz was doing demos with like You know, sometimes I saw six people standing around him because he was doing little game groups. So there's a lot of people waiting in line to get a demo. So, you know, we would strike up a, you know, conversation with people waiting.
3: I I did see that uh, as Saturday went on, Daz actually slimmed down the demos because so many people were trying to get in there yeah you know he started start you know shrinking the model count and uh, trying to get a little more streamlined demo because so many people wanted them yeah you know so to find that balance between getting a good idea of what the game is model count wise and stuff and still being able to have something streamlined uh, I think that you know he got to that but yeah I think you're right um, I know that we were doing a lot of talking to people in and around the edges of it and answering questions a lot of questions about Hey, what should I buy? You yeah. know what? You know what's what's the next thing to do? You know, obviously, you know the, you have the two-player starter set is kind of the best bang for the buck, so it's easy to be like, well, look, if 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 you have no idea, this is where you start. But also just saying, saying you know, take a look around. These are the different things. This is the way the different types of posse's how they operate. Yeah, what looks um, cool?
1: I mean, yeah. that's a lot of the players that we know have gotten into the game because they found something that looks. Cool. You know? Yeah. You, you like werewolves? Well, you can go this way or you could go this way. You just like your classic Western characters? Well, then you got your lawmen or, you know, exactly. you got your it, union.
3: It, it, I had a couple guys who are like, hey, I like these Frankenstein guys. I'm going to go talk to Eric. I was don't, like don't yes! me. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, So, you know, so I thought it was really good. You know, really got to meet a lot of new players and, I, I think just our enthusiasm for the game more than anything, you know, people ask, they're like, Well, oh well what do you do here? I'm like, I'm just a fanboy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't I don't do anything. I'm just I'm just hanging out. So. Hey, I'm the um, fanboy. <laughs> <laughs> Get in your car next time. What <laughs> what is it? It's only like what, a three day drive for you? Yeah.
2: <laughs> It's a little of a drive.
3: It's a drive, but you have a place to stay at the end.
1: <laughs> I think I did do that on our way home when we were doing the map thing. I, I clicked on the, let's see how long it would take to get home if we walked. And it was like days. And I'm just like, okay, that's why we drive
3: cars. It's like, it's like find the Oregon Trail and, you know. you, Oops, know, make you, sure you have you dysentery.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean. So. The, that is definitely one of the things you notice about PAX is just all the the excitement that people had for checking out the game. It, one of the things that stood out to me it was great to actually meet some of uh the community members that we've never met yet. You know, the these are guys that were uh listeners to the show, whether they were local or like we met um Charlie, who came from Seattle, basically. So he's like yep. all the way on the other side of the the country,
3: and that, and that and that took some doing to meet up with him. Yeah, yeah, it did. Cause
1: <laughs> <laughs> we go there and we ask for his, you know, Dark Council name, and they're like, huh, who, who?
3: We're like, we're like, we're like, hey, we're looking for Dingo. <laughs> and they're like, who that? What? <laughs>
1: so. so yeah, I mean, I give a shout out. We got to meet Mike Pierce. We met Charlie. We met Jan. Um Jan and Mike are fairly local. Jan's down in Bar- he's Baltimore. In Maryland. He's, he's Maryland? just out,
3: outside of Baltimore.
1: Okay. And then of course Mike who's a character. I mean, he 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 made Mary blush a little bit. He uh, <laughs> <laughs> gave her a nickname. So it's yeah, it was great to meet, you know, those community members. We actually I think uh be, because like me and you, Tom are outside of the company, we're we're also fans and players it was easier for us i think to connect with potential new fans of the game because Mm -hmm. we're just you know a couple joes that like the game you know well
3: well i i think there's not um we're not there to push product no (laughs) i mean i mean i'm not saying that that's necessarily what you know the war cradle guys are there for but ultimately they are a business they they need to sell things just to continue to be a business having fans there doing that kind of shows another side of it we're not my only interest in you buying stuff is so that there's more players so i have someone to play with yeah, um, yeah. you know i so uh i think that there's a, a, sometimes you can be approached with a little less skepticism and a little bit more uh, hey what's the real scoop on on this game uh as a fan versus um you know obviously if if you're part of the company you're trying you're trying obviously you love your stuff you're that you made it (laughs) you know as as players i think that other players can come to you and relate to you on a different at a different level than you would well dealing directly with
1: the company we can share our experience with the game and you know what we're excited what makes us excited about the game you know, more or less, and sometimes that feeds them would be like, "Oh yeah, yeah, that's really cool," and you know, and then it pushes them to check it out more, and then they, then all of a sudden, before you know it, <laughs> oh, it's, it's they're like buying posse loop, cause, cause, after posse <laughs> after
3: posse. <laughs> but it's like a feedback loop because, like, like they're you're you're excited telling them about, it. then they get excited, and then you get more excited. Yeah.
4: <laughs> you know, yeah. So
3: you know, it it kind of goes around and around. You know, I came out of there, you know, I came out of there going like, damn, I I really got to get more games in. I need to try to make more time to get down to my local store, try to reignite the, the small group that we had there, you know, and it's just about finding time. And but but it really kind of got me fired back up for it, you know. I bought, I just like everybody else, I bought stuff, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, not to the level that you guys do, you guys are nuts. But <laughs> hey, I held back, know. I held back, I only bought two <laughs> well, posses, which is still more than I bought. <laughs> so, <laughs> so i i I got i bought one posse i bought you know nakano because you know the year's almost over i guess i have to get that done and uh you know and 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 i wasn't gonna pick up the poker chips because i have ones that i really like to use but handling them and everything at the demo tables i was like damn these are nice (laughs) so so had to pick some of those up and got you know obviously comes with some extra dice and stuff too but i'm excited to get more games in and and get playing again i'm I'm excited for some things that may be coming down the line not to be said
2: um (laughs) you know yeah so uh, that's one of the worst parts of not being attending any of these events that the the team goes to man they leak a lot of
1: sneaks oh my god yeah (laughs) Uh, stewart just keeps going and going and going and then you ask him when's that coming out soon (laughs)
2: <laughs> can i tell other people and he's like no
3: he shows you so much he had so much cool stuff that he showed us and and i hate to be a tease but he, there's some awesome stuff coming out in the next year know, and we've, right? we've been sworn to silence and you know uh we will continue to uphold that silence because we want sort of to keep showing us cool things, (laughs) but there's a lot of, there's a, it's really, it's really nice to see for me, I kind of like to look at the long view of what a company is doing, what their plans are, and they've got a solid plan in place, you know, for really for the foreseeable future, for the growth of both Wild West Exodus and for the larger dystopian age uh, world. And, and some really, really cool things are coming As far as releases that are coming up for Exodus and, you know, we, we know that dystopian wars has been in development, you know, and they were showing that off. Yeah. They uh, had
1: positive feedback with the demos on that. Lee was, he was pretty busy with doing the demos for that. that.
3: Do you know Lee is the only person I didn't get to meet because he couldn't get away from yeah, that table? Yeah, he couldn't
1: get away from the table because it was constantly demo after demo after demo. Eventually, I went over there and I was standing there so I could at least talk to him for a while.
2: Yeah, so one of the guys that played in the tournament that I participated in with uh, this past weekend at Space Cadet, it's my local store that like, went super big into the game after PAX South. So it, he's, he's gung-ho, he's got he has sold tons of product in the last like several months. So it's pretty amazing what's been going on over my area. But the, the tournament, I met a guy, one of the guys that played, he was a big buy-in to the dystopian war when it was still in Spartan. So I like kind of like brought it up and he was like, Oh yeah, I got that. I was like, well, dude, you gotta, did you, did you get your, you take your picture and post it up so you can get your free copy of the new rules he goes you can do that I'm like dude yeah yeah that's... <laughs> so i like, i told him where to go to jump in and and react to it see if he post up his picture but but yeah so it, it it's it's neat knowing that that game is is doing well uh, uh or at least getting good light uh at the pack yeah the the one thing that you didn't do was you didn't take any close up pictures of the fleets on the table.
3: Yeah, we couldn't get near them. Um, you know it it was it was a crowded table. I but actually
1: I was a little sad that they didn't have any in the display case because that's where I was elbowing people out of the way so I could get in there and take those pictures.
2: Yeah, you took really good pictures of the ones at Adepticon, or was that?
1: Jimmy. Probably Gen Con.
2: Gen Con, yeah, you got really good close-ups of the the ships in there. But yeah, no, just to see at PAX they had the Crown Fleet, and that was the first time we saw you know a Federated States Fleet or the Union on the yeah. table. So mm-hmm. that's what you know is what we didn't get very many close-up shots of the Union ship. So uh, that would have been that would have been good.
3: Well, I mean I know I promised to take pictures while I was there, but I'm a big fat liar. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's okay. That happens to me. I was tournament, I was like I was telling Eric I was like, yeah, I'm gonna take a lot of photos, I'm gonna take a lot of photos. And the first round of the tournament I had a buy. <laughs> and I took a lot of photos. <laughs> And then during the first round that I got, I got to play, I took like maybe five photos in the beginning, and it was like I was totally distracted trying to, <laughs> you know,
3: trying to win. That, that's how I am. That That's why, I, I, you know, we talked about I'm thinking about I'm thinking maybe just get, you know, I have a little camcorder, put it on a tripod. And just, you know, if we can get some tables, just have it angled up to looking at a table and just say, hey, that's my contribution because I don't remember. <laughs> just press play. <laughs> you know, I Just press play. And what happens happens. Uh,
1: well, so. I like I like taking pictures. I'm the type of guy that likes looking at pictures. So I'm conscious of it. Like, you know, when I saw the what they were teasing for a new posse in the case, actually, I think before we went over there, I got a little hint of it from the guys. So Which
3: I, one, the the wolf one. Yeah.
1: The wolf one. And I saw that and I was just like, Oh my God, I might actually end up playing warrior nation. I mean, there was just all the wolves.
3: <laughs> See, that's how they get you. That's how they get like, you. Wolves.
1: <laughs> and uh, and then of course, Mary sees it and I was like, yeah, hey, look at all the wolves. And she just thinks back of when we played a uh, game of Thrones and I'm, I had a wolf deck that was just nothing but wolves, and she's just like, I don't want, I don't want to see that. She was like having flashbacks or something. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the 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 wolves look so pretty. I mean, that's going to be a neat one. I would get it's, that just uh, to paint them,
3: just just to see, especially their painted stuff. You know, it's cool to see the production stuff. It's cool to see, you know, the the three D printed stuff are, are those 3d printers or do they actually mold those ones oh, I i'm think not sure at that point it
2: depends on yeah how new they
3: not, are yeah i'm not sure what stage of production they were in that we saw but you know yeah it's cool to see the the new stuff that that's all gray and stuff but man once they get paint on them they they are so pretty the just the whole line of miniatures is is pretty and you know they were good five years ago when, when they first came out. To see what they're doing with them now is, is just like another, it's like the next generation uh, of uh, sculpts for them. The, the 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 models are just nice.
1: Yeah, Brian, did you flip your lid when I took that nice big close-up of you right in 2020?
2: Well, that's not him. Uh, yeah, that, that was a beautiful picture. <laughs> you got real close. I, I, I do. Thank you so much. That was great. Uh, <laughs> Angels Paint job just really, I mean it's gorgeous. So it's gorgeous. yeah, that's you know. Well, the
1: the paint job on the, the Battle site is blew me it, away. It too. was the
2: one that they teased us last month. Yeah, and yep. it's been in pre order for two months, so I've yet to <laughs> yeah. have one. Uh, and then I did see that you know Darren with Battle Hammer teased a photo today of uh, uh he has built one, so that means he has obtained one. And you I- haven't. you could you could have sent me one early that would have been okay i I would gladly have teased a photo of it
1: (laughs) (laughs) so yeah they they so they did show us a lot of new models that are either just coming out or soon to be coming out yeah the, the the stuff looks really really nice and um Yeah, I think overall, I think it was a very good event for them. Uh, The response was positive. Hopefully, they come back. You know.
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, especially since it, you know, Pax uh, Unplugged is not a miniatures convention. It is a board board gaming convention, with that happens to have some miniature gaming going on at it. You know, so in that kind of context, and the fact that it was only it's only the second year, and how big it is already. In its second year, I, I see only positive things coming out of it in the future.
1: Yeah, I had a, I, I had a lot of fun. I mean, I actually jumped on the demo table one of the days of, to fill in so dads could go, you know, get something to eat, go to the bathroom, take a break type of thing. And the, the so I kind of got to see the response to their games firsthand and answering questions and. You know, just I could see the the, the people's eyes kind of light up and, you know, the little smile come across their faces, you know, as they're thinking, wow, that's really cool. So, yeah, I, I see how positive was, things. How
3: was your experience actually, like, giving demos? Because I, I'm actually a little intimidated by that. Well, I... let tell
1: you the truth. I was intimidated, too. Hopefully, I didn't <laughs> screw it up too bad. I never, I think I only did one, like, full out, okay, let's set up a little scenario and you know, this is how it plays out. A lot of the time on the table, I was just answering questions of, like, about the system, like, what kind of dice does it use? And they were asking me questions about factions and stuff like that. So one of the, uh, like, I was actually talking to Parker, and I said, dude, I said, how, how do you start? Because we've all seen Daz do his demos, and he's he gets people excited which is really yep. cool. I mean, he tells like a story. He gets you sucked in that story. And Parker's telling me, he's like, well, just tell him what you think is cool about it. So that's kind of my approach. I just told him, you know, a basic intro, of what it is. And then I said, this is what I find cool about the game. You know, it has okay. this dice system or it uses the fortune, you know, or you have this adventure deck, you know, where it's double side. So that's kind of what I was doing. And those those couple key points are what make the game stand out from other games, and that's what intrigued people of how cool okay. it was. So, like All you right. probably saw it firsthand when you were doing that demo with uh, Daz for a while.
3: Sure, when, when I did uh, with Matt. Yeah. Uh, when we demoed that, and and we did we did a really quick demo because that was me trying to pull him back in and, and let him see you know what. Changed because that's part of my old group,
1: Brian. Um, Brian, that's yeah. that's Tom saying he he let him kill him. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm not going to say that bad decisions weren't made.
1: <laughs>
3: you know, quick yeah. in the dead. Nah, nobody needs that. Yeah, forever. I don't need that. Yeah, <laughs> nobody needs that noise. I'm Jesse James.
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> that's what I said. Yeah.
2: <laughs> in this tournament, I was like, "Who? I'm gonna, I'm gonna." put a different list together instead of just bringing all the uh infernal affairs agents i was like i'm gonna mix it up and i'm gonna bring a little bit of the internal investigations and then i'm i'm gonna be bass Reeves. Uh, he's he's a badass (laughs) you haven't played him yet oh my gosh got you gotta put him in there he is he is he is awesome so anyway i so i brought helena with jedrick and furio and two interceptors then i brought bass nakano and Behringer and a unit of Rangers. Of course, we get higher ground. So it's basically, we each pick a building and we're supposed to defend this building. And then we get double the points if we enter their building on their side. So that's the game we're playing. So we both immediately throw our hands units in into our, each of our buildings. And I made a mistake of putting my, allowing my interceptors to use trail finder. Sometimes that's not a good move. Uh, he opens up with his Watcher Pulse Cannon, uh, Grays, and they destroy both of them. Like first, first activation, it was like, oh my god! So I had to play the rest of the game with no no interceptors. And while well, he rushes a Beta into the house where my Rangers are, and they they narrowly escape from getting wiped out. My reaction, I, my next action card is the AP5. So I'm like, okay, Bass is going in. So he <laughs> dives into this house behind the Rangers, literally with close work, puts his plasma pistols in, in the beta's face and wipes him out. Nice. It was it was so brutal. You know, it's like, oh yeah, you're hazardous now. And you know, he got disorders. Oh, so it that wasn't pistol. brutal. It was, was hazard. It was hazard brutal. then, not brutal. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> But it was it was like awesome. It was it was it was a pretty good activation for Bass, and you know we called the game before we got too far. I was I was already up on victory points, so it was pretty are, you, pretty.
3: are you bashing newbies? Are you are you I, just bashing newbies? I, I, it wasn't a new.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he already said he had to mix it up a little bit.
2: I, I did. This is the first time I ever tried mixing it up. I'm usually. Yes, I'm usually bashing them with, with all faces, and <laughs> and I only, only usually bring three three hands just as a distraction until I can get my dude in front of their face, and then, then yeah, they're, they're toast. <laughs> <laughs> so when I took out his, uh, his beta, I had two cards, you know, destroy face with a, a fight action, and so I literally, I was like, boom, I went up. Two victory points Jeez. You know, <laughs> in the beginning of the game. Nice. And of course, I ran Jed to their building because I didn't want those those grays ever to shoot ever again because they rolled like 18 dice. <laughs> so I was like,
1: You're, you're, was like, uh, you're yeah. double 10 sided dice?
2: <laughs> yeah. So I ran Jed all the way in their face. It's like, if you're engaged, you can't shoot. Oh. <laughs>
1: That's See, now that sounds dirty to me. That sounds a little bit dirty. <laughs>
2: Hey, man, I was risking him. But, uh, I mean, half my assault team were all hand-to-hand experts. So I had Nagano with her sword, and then I had Furio with hers, and I ran them right up to that guy's building. So it was like they were just one at a time taking out models. And uh, it was funny. He he had his his hands fleet.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: they out of the building, and so, you know, Jed put stun on him. And <laughs> Jeez. And then, then I activated Jed right after they fled the building and he dove outside the building and engaged them and a beta and, you know, yeah, just, they couldn't get away. I was just like, so, so did you, did you win Brian? Um, oh, this was your league, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, the tournament was ending. So we just, he was like, yeah, I don't think I'll ever catch up. And, ah, uh, okay. so I was up, um, because I had Jed in the building. I got, I think it was like seven to, seven to four, and I was about to do it again, so I would have gone up another six points on it. Yeah, there's no way he could catch it, you at that so point. He wasn't going to get any points that round. Yeah. <laughs> Just,
3: I, I love you asked, did, did you win? And Brian's like, oh, I, I don't want to say I won, but <laughs> yeah, he won.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, Tom, going back to – a little bit of PAX. So after packs, uh, what do you what do you think it's going to look like in your neck of the woods now? I mean, after packs.
3: Uh, I mean, Brian... you know, I've gotten actually some some private messages and stuff about yeah. people asking some things. Um, there's a couple of guys over in Norristown, which is uh, maybe about a half hour from me. Okay. Um, 45 minutes something like that but actually where where i play is probably halfway in between us Okay. so we might be able to get something going there because i mean like
1: brian said after you know pack south that was last year right brian last yeah, last, last winter January. he had like a huge spike in interest in the area um i'm just right. wondering if you're seeing any of it. it sounds like you you have with messages I, and I, stuff I've...
3: I've gotten some messages and stuff, but nothing um, solid about actually getting time and setting things up. Okay. Um, I'm finally going to have some time free up over the next couple of months as uh, going to off season for kids sports crap. Yeah. And that's what he, that's what he eats up my weekends. So, you know, I'm hoping to maybe get some things and maybe get down over to top deck where uh, Mike plays. He's he's getting he's got a little group starting up there. I think he said they've got six or eight guys. Oh, okay. That's uh, a good size group. Yeah, prob- probably gonna play on Sunday afternoons or something. Okay. So, so I, m- I might try to get down there, you know, uh, see if I can maybe try to get uh, some games going again at my local sh- at my local shop. You know, there's guys that have armies. You know, there's guys that have posses there. You know, so if we can, you know, get them back into playing again. Yeah. You know that that's that's the the tricky part is you know. Uh, there's a little bit of disenfranchisement after uh, some things that went on with first edition, you know. So trying to get people to give second edition a try, and and really look at it with fresh eyes and not try to compare it to what first edition was. I, I find that is the toughest. I find it's harder to get the former first edition players than it is to get new players. So, but that's kind of who I have to play with. Oh, so, cool. Okay. So we'll, I'll see if I can get something going here. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if I can get something going where I am, if Mike can get something going where he is, you know, we've got two. you know, we're on basically opposite sides of, you know, we're both going to be in suburbs just outside of Philadelphia on opposite sides of the city. So, you know, you get a little bit of coverage that way. And, and, you know, if he gets a group going, if I can get a group going, now we've got something that where, you know, maybe we can get a couple of tournaments, you know, going somewhere where where it's worth traveling from one to the other, and then hopefully build something up so that by uh, this time next year, maybe we can get a tor- like a real tournament going at PAX. Maybe we can
2: yeah.
3: uh, set something up ahead of time. It doesn't have to be huge, but it, it's about growing. It, it's continual growth is what you really got to look for. Keep adding players and and finding someone not like me <laughs> who can um, keep, <laughs> keep something going week to week. Yeah. And I think that's the toughest thing. Is is I you know I'm I'm sort of a champion for the game, except for I'm not really because I can't have that weekly commitment. And I think we I think that's what this area needs is someone who actually has that kind of a commitment where they where they'll say, Hey, we're gonna do this at this time, and I'm gonna maybe make sure I'm there every week, yeah. uh, so that there'll always be someone there. And it sounds like Mike might be that guy for our area, um, and but we'll see. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it's still going strong in your area, Brian.
2: Yeah, yeah. So we we, you know, the Brian at Space Cadet, he basically told me that that he sold so so much Wild West Exodus Black Friday and then the weekend after that. Wow, that's good. Uh, cool. uh, we have a lot of new players, and we have players who bought more. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So it we just... have new players. We have new players that just bought more. And one of the kids that has been playing with us for, he's a teenager, and he's been playing with us for a few months now. He, he now has a sizable collection. He's got three different factions now. Wow. And so that's what we, but they're all gray. So what <laughs> our, our next event is going to be a paint and play event. Oh, that's where, a good idea. You know, I'm going to come out there. We're going to set it up to where, hey, bring your, bring your armies, bring your paints and uh, i'll be there give tips and pointers and try to get people hey bring your stuff if you haven't built it yet you know we'll we'll, we'll do, do a little bit of help help each other build and get models together and then of course i'll really splinter off at that point place wow
3: that sounds games. like I, that sounds like i should go there <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, say that but I, I still probably have 70 80 models that need need to be built and painted Yeah, me too. But you have all of them. (laughs) I have two (laughs) factions. Actually, so this uh I I after the tournament I picked up the uh Luminate cohort box set and so I built them and I was like kind of still in just a build mode. So I broke out some old sprues and uh went ahead and while I was, you know, tinkering here at my desk, I, I built finally built my Union armored troopers, so uh, I now have, uh, you know, (laughs) 10 of my armored troopers finally built. Uh, (laughs) I had those for a few years.
1: (laughs) So, Pax was a success, and... I wanted to go on to, I mentioned earlier, we had some, a lot of new listeners and stuff, and we're, we're actually starting to get some listener comments and questions coming in. We got one, oh, it was about a week ago on our Facebook group. Somebody messaged us. Chris Gee messaged us to say how much he enjoyed the show, and uh, he thinks we're the friendliest podcast out there. Are we the friendliest? Brian probably um. is.
3: You know Brian's friendly, and you know I'm not so bright. And you keep us on tracks. So, keep us on <laughs> track. Know, okay. I <laughs> so I kind of sound like it. That... <laughs> <laughs>
1: kind of makes us sound like the Three Stooges.
3: A little bit. But, a little bit. Uh...
1: I don't want to be shimp. Um Anyway, so <laughs> some of the stuff he gave us some ideas for some shows that we may actually use in some of the upcoming segments and different episodes. But I thought this was kind of a a nice little short question that maybe we could hash out a little bit uh he wanted us to maybe talk a little bit about uh like our favorite gaming moment we had uh perhaps something epic or you know something that happened to us on the tabletop he gave an example like maybe like a weak character took out a boss i had one just not that long ago a couple of weeks ago where i had bloody bill from Annabelle Hamilton's uh, posse set, take out the uh, big Union tank. Don't know how I did it, but I did it. <laughs> Basically, I just ran them in there and just say pop 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 And of course, you know dice or dice. Y- if you roll bad dice, that's gonna happen. I think the the guy I was playing was a little shocked that that little guy just took out his big old tank that could run over everything. But you guys got anything kind of similar like that? I mean, I know. We've had lots of experiences on the table, uh, any memorable experiences. Tom, I think you're on mute.
3: Oh, damn it, I'm always on mute.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I see your lips moving, but nothing was coming out.
3: Um, I had a fun one uh, a couple of years ago at the Depticon tournament playing a Scrap, which was a very small points game, and uh, I brought some attack dogs. I really... I had some ideas. I, Brian and I had had gone over putting together this list and, and trying to figure out how to really make them effective. The way the rules were at the time, I was able to stack actions on top of these um, attack dogs, run them across the table, and take out my opponent's boss on my very first activation. Ooh. <laughs> Which was... Uh, Kind kind of awesome, just having that little. It was like a twenty five point dog, you know. It was not, <laughs> nothing but, but uh, being able to just run him across the table and take out my opponent's boss just like before he even got to do anything. So this the look on his face and him just just being well played, and that's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know. So yeah, a shout out to you, Scott Whitebread. <laughs> <laughs>
2: You mean uh, HonkyBot? Yes, the H-Bot. <laughs> so,
3: yes, that's who I did it to. <laughs> so that was very memorable for me.
1: <laughs> Brian, what do you got? You got anything? I mean, I, we always hear your, your stories with your, your double ten dice and uh, Clay's big old spider guy coming up and hitting you and then running away or you dropping down on somebody with Jedrick and just tearing into him. You got any like memorable big moments?
2: So yeah, well I did talk about Bass Reeves. That was that was pretty cool cuz you know, you, you always when you're you're going up against a, a model, you're always like, "Oh my god, I have to go take that guy out and I don't want to risk my boss." Cuz I've had those instances where I put my boss out too early and you well, know. That's that's how I taken. usually play. But, uh, <laughs> but I was that five AP man sure does give you a little bit of courage, right? So yeah, I rushed in with him, and it turned out really good. But really, the 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 shining thing is the 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 deadly efficiency of hand to hand lawmen with ample opportunities with stun and then triggering dead or alive is just really a, a an amazing combo. You know, there, there's, there's a few ways to do that in the game, one of which I prefer to use is Jedrick's stun batons, and then having Furio as well as like a uh, a finisher. Uh, that's why I added Nagano in this, this one, because then I was like, okay, well, now I'll have both of them as backup for Jedrick. So Jedrick goes in there, throws stun around, and really, really deadly versus hands and supports of multiple models, because successful grits gets the stun. So it's like you smack them around, and yeah, you you all you did was accomplish was give them stun, but then your follow-up with either teamwork or your next activation is to then walk in with a powerhouse combat master like, uh, you know, Furio and then Madonna with the decapitate swords. <laughs> you know, you know-
3: I uh, it's, it's funny. It, it's funny you say that because there was a conversation just today in the Facebook group where someone was asking, "Why would you bother with those lesser weapons?" And you just said it because sometimes applying that condition is about setting up your other characters. It's not. Right. It's not about what you're getting right now. It's about what you're setting up.
2: Right. So, like, you know, Jedrick has close work, rail pistols. They they have a bigger pierce. Uh, his his batons are great. They have parry and stun on a normal hit and then disorder on a crit which is great but they have a pierce of 0. So they're not they're not designed to 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 send you to wounded. Uh, they're designed to actually throw the stun on you then the next series of attacks with the batons are now all lethal. Right. Right, and so, but I, and I, like we covered to do
3: that. We, we covered that extensively. <laughs> yeah. So what
2: happens is I always team him up with another hand to hand beast who has murderous or and combat master because then they're showing up with at least two, two sets of combat attacks. Right, so you know, charge in with one, and then another full melee attack right after, and uh, I mean. I in numerous games, it, it, it does some miraculous things. Now, you know how Wild West SES plays now. doesn't mean it's an insta-kill. And, 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 and In some games, the two of them literally will sit there and duke it out with models for several rounds. <laughs> you know, at least two rounds, maybe three rounds, where they've locked down whatever they're fighting, and it just takes that long to take on that target. So with hands, it usually doesn't take that long but like uh, faces who can do quick in the dead. And so you, you're missing a whole series of attacks or metal and tough. And so they can stick around. So it's a, it's a, it is a risk and you may lock down your, your powerhouses, but if you're trying to take out a boss, you just got to put in the time. So I, I was playing the conquistadors and my opponent just kept teamworking, teamworking, team working. so it's like all, four of his uh mounted conquistadors would go all at once. And it was only with them teamed up like they were what well, I was able to just one at a time. It was like between Jedrick Furio and 2020 as a, a trio, they literally took out the the mounted boss and two of the three mounted conquistadors like just in, one after the other. Just just kept following them around. I mean, it was it was beautiful. Uh, <laughs> now, you, one thing, it could have did gone you see badly that single tear trickle? Beautiful is of course risk because they, there's a really good models. And at one point, Furio was engaged to Callista, and she he the, the he just like she run. He had to run away. I was able to put stun on him, and he, he still got away because it didn't kill her. And she threw the grenade. And I'm like, oh, crap. She just threw this grenade, and it was going to hit, you know, everybody. And I was like, uh-oh. And, of course, we all saved, so no one got hurt. <laughs> but, but it was risky, man. You're like sweating bullets. You're like, oh, please, don't reroll in bad." It just worked out. And then he, she compelled Furio. And Furio came running over and attacked Jed and he he ignored that as well. And then I just turned around and she charged back chasing mounted boss around the corner and, you know, quietly dispatched her. But, you know, it was a neat <laughs> events that was going on. And this game is awesome. Give it a try. <laughs> 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 well,
1: I, I forgot to mention this. So Chris's little... Uh, email that he sent us or not email his message on facebook he you know after some ideas he gave us he uh you know said please keep up the great work and then he provided something that's uh, especially for you tom he said and stop hitting the mute button tom all the best chris
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> well thanks chris i appreciate that where, where was this um you know, advice ten minutes ago.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I found it kind of funny that it happened again. Uh, yeah, so I I think that kind of wraps up. Uh, we're we're getting a little long and winded on our. This is supposed to be the intro, and we're just blabbering along here. You know, that's good. It's all good. We had a lot to cover for this. You know, well, hey, well, it's, well, it's 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 the Christmas month. We're providing a gift, right? The gift of blabbering. <laughs> Yes, the gift of gab. Gift of gab. Just got me talking again. I need that wo button. We
3: we'll we gotta get Brian the mute.
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, since we're going on long, why don't we go ahead and we'll wrap up this little intro where we kind of cover packs, and we'll move into a segment here where we're going to talk about some rules changes and a little bit of FAQ.
0: Grandma got run over by a reindeer.
4: Walking home from our house, Christmas Eve. You can say there's no such thing as Santa. as for me
2: and Grandpa. This episode, uh, we're going to return to our development talk or dev talk, where we're going to break open some more rules, discuss some stuff. And um, obviously, any time that we discuss d- rules and stuff like that, Feel free to, to chime in on the various chat modes on YouTube, um, on the Facebook as well, so we can continue the chat uh, after you hear the podcast.
1: The Book of Faces. That's why I like to call it now. Book of Faces. <laughs> so, yeah, w- what we're going to talk about in this segment, uh, just a little bit short talk, kind of something that everybody may have seen may have not seen uh they shortly after PAX, like the first week of uh December they war cradle basically did a FAQ uh rules change on a weapon quality uh in blast so w- what were what was what was the change that they made there Brian
2: uh I don't think it was a change uh what what happened is Someone on Facebook basically was like, hey, what happens when, um, with Brutal, it adds a second hit? Who in the blast template gets that second hit? Or does every model under there get an additional hit? So he was basically trying to, you know, troubleshoot what happened during the game. So the, you know, community response immediately was like, dude, you only get one additional hit. And then it was like, well, who gets it, you know? And it's like, well, it doesn't really matter who gets it. How about the initial target? And they're like, well, sometimes if it scatters, it's not going to have an additional target. So that's the discussion. So it was one of those
1: Facebook posts
2: that starts starts with like three comments and then goes to ninety like really quickly. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, War Cradle team, they basically called everyone in, you know, into the same room and was like, okay, we need to hammer something out because. They realized that it got gray in the rules, right? Yeah. And anytime you have a, a where it gets gray, you have people who are going to try to weasel out something that gives them advantage over their opponent, and you don't really want that, especially uh, heading into any tournaments that coming soon. So WarCradle like had a big powwow. They discussed it and they said, okay, here's what here's what it does, you know. <laughs> so they made sure everyone understood that it's the nearest target you know you pick the if it doesn't have an initial target you pick the next closest one and that when you have the extra hits after you kill the first model uh, it does roll over just like other hits in normal combat and it can roll outside the template
3: now when you say roll over we're talking about rolling over within the same unit right
5: it's it doesn't just roll it
3: roll over to some random guy that's under there it's within the same unit
5: right
2: so the say you have a blast template over three hands and a face right and that blast has a brutal on it or uh let's say it has a rate of attack two and the first of the attacks of the two rolls had a brutal on it so you obviously would roll them separate the first roll critted so it's got brutal so you would determine that one first right so you mm-hmm. wouldn't just start rolling your grit saves for two 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 grit checks for every model based on the fact that it was a rate of attack two you want to do them separate because the second one will be different right so you want to make sure you deal with the first one first so what you do is because you have a un- two units in the blast template The first thing is you have to determine which of those two units is going to get the Brutal because Brutal can only add one additional hit, regardless of whether it's a template or or just a regular attack. So you you actually have to make that determination uh, who's getting the Brutal, right? So you determine, oh, the face is going to get the Brutal. Obviously, that's probably the best thing unless you're trying to wipe out the hand unit. You may want to leave it on the Who makes that that decision, the attacker or the defender? The attacker determines where the brutal goes. Yeah. Okay. And so the attacker would say, hey, I'm going to put up my hand unit, right? And the hand unit is a four-man unit, but only three are in the Mm template, right? So he would start making his roll. The first one in the unit, he makes his save, right? Mm -hmm. The second one doesn't and dies, and the third one doesn't and dies, right? Mm-hmm. Had he put the brutal on them, there would be that extra attack, right? Hasn't been generated yet because the, each each of the models has its own hit. Well, there's one more. So you can put it on the remaining guy. Had he already died, you would still have that one hit, and it needs to be resolved. It would roll out to the fourth one outside the template.
3: Okay, so he basically took a piece of shrapnel.
2: Right. <laughs> okay. Whatever. It just, you know, um, you know how the maybe the whatever caused the blast, it it followed through the entire unit, right? Say it's like a cannon, you know, cannon uh ball doesn't hit the ground and explode, they they would keep going. So right. it's something like that. You know, he, he, he just it was such a devastating attack, he actually got wounded in the same blast that everyone else did. Okay. Uh, so it, it just and that is similar to how other sharing of wounds in units works similar to the range right so the first model in the uh unit is in range anyone behind him would be obviously out of range but any other wounds past the first one failing would roll beyond range and that's uh was a previous standard in the game so uh, it does follow that and it makes it a little consistent um so, and
3: I, I think sometimes that that's a good thing, too, uh, that the rules are consistent, even if they're not necessarily real life, you know, true to life. But that's, as long as the rule set is consistent, I think that that's important.
2: Right. And, and, and you have to also remember this game isn't um, designed to be every move of your character being the reflection of what's happening on the table, Right. So we're right. not dr- we're not actually rolling for every swing of that model. Yep. So when it has uh, one melee weapon and it can only roll one dice, that doesn't mean that that super awesome her- heroic model can only swing a sword once. That's not what that means. It's right. kind of like D&D where we would be rolling dice and it would be like, hey, look, the theme of your role is just the idea that that's the chance of you actually succeeding in a wound. You're obviously swinging that sword more than just that one die roll so this is the right. same thing so is there a series who else whatever happened to that explosion that took out three guys under the blast and that fourth guy outside the blast there's all manner of reasons why that would happen right uh shrapnel uh, it could have actually caused his buddy to cause a little bit of friendly fire you know when you're inside a Uh, an exploding gas ball you may actually react by pulling your own weapons trigger and then boom you shot your buddy in the back of the head you know (laughs) those type of things happen in real combat so we don't really need to get into the minutia of actually how it happened it just it just follows outside the blast
3: sorry bart (laughs) (laughs) yeah You know, you're saying that like, like like, you've experienced this. You're like, you know, when you're inside an explosion and you're kind of confused? Right. I'm like, no, Brian, that's okay, never so happened all, to me before.
2: It's play like paintball, right? Okay? It's, it's like try to pass young men. <laughs> Let's just say that there are probably plenty of players in. Uh, In paintball, that has painfully remembered getting shot point blank in the back. (laughs) Uh,
3: Yes, yes, Um, I used to play uh, very competitively, and yes,
1: (laughs) sometimes just on purpose because your buddy's being a jerk.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I can neither confirm or deny.
2: (laughs) That would not be an example of what we're talking about. Or technically, yes, it could be a perfectly viable. You know, the guy dying in the explosion is like, no way, buddy! You got you you survived the last uh, uh, explosion, so I'm shooting you just so you're not leaving. You know, <laughs> I never liked you anyway.
1: <laughs> well, all right. I I think that pretty much sums it up. We don't have to go into super great detail on this. I mean, like you said, Brian, it. <laughs> It went from three comments to 90 comments. And, you know, it's, it's it's pretty basic. It's just, we wanted to go over it because we, you know, War Cradle wanted to clarify it, the gray. And we kind of just wanted to bring it out in the open to everybody in case you, you missed it because things get buried on Facebook very, very easy. Um, I don't know. I haven't been on the website to see if they've done an update to their little, Oh God, what's the name of the form Their FAQ form that they have that clarifies some of the rules that are, you know, can be confusing. Uh, I I don't think they've updated that with this yet, but I mean, if there's other questions or rules, that's a good place to go check.
2: Yeah. I know they don't want to have to re up it to the next official update. So they may not have, which is good. I, I actually like the long, you know, wait for the yeah. next big update that gives the game breathing room to, uh, to find these little things. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. 1.08 has been out since, you know, what, Gen Con, and that just came up, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> if,
1: yeah, if they keep making a change every time something little comes up, it's just like they'd be updating the stuff constantly
2: right so i encourage everyone to take a look at at the things you think may need to be looked at and start discussing them on facebook uh giving the developers a chance to look at these things prior to the next big update i mean i know there's some models that have some really scratch your forehead uh you know abilities that make zero sense i think Methune came up again She's got uh, she's got an ability that is great for melee guys, and she doesn't have one. Yeah, yeah. She's a can. She's a cannoneer. So it's kind of like uh, I, my example is it's kind of like you know, she had a two two guidance counselors, and one was like, "Oh, you have a great natural ability to pummel people and." Uh, Brutalize them with melee weapons, and then the other one was like, "Oh yeah, but look at this big, pretty cannon! Don't you want to shoot cannon?" <laughs> and they convinced her to go with the cannon. But it's like the other counselor was like, "But, but she's really good at weapons, and nope, she's a cannoneer now, and but still retains this one ability that sets her apart as a really good combat master. And she's just not. She, <laughs> she can use, she can use bloodthirsty if she uses her basic hand to hand." So is it, is it useful? Heck yeah, it is. If someone's engaged with her and she's got to resort to smacking them with, with her fist, it, it'll be useful, especially if she gets a success. It's, it's just, it's not a, it's just an odd. Usually you get the abilities that best uh, embody the character, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hope all of their abilities kind of share with that uh, goal in mind so it's just one of those contrary ones and uh there's a few other issues like that pop up here and there but overall i think the game's in a good place and as we find these things uh war cradle and the team they want to look at these and, and see if there's a change that they can make so uh you see something discuss it see what we can do to help get some stuff like that fixed
1: yep that that's what our community's for
2: worst case
3: scenario the, the you know war cradle is very active in the community uh, Facebook chat, they might just come in with an explanation and say, no, we're not going to change it, and this is the reason why. Um, but just you know, having the discussion, at least that brings that out in the open. Yep. Right. I like Pierce 4, or Pierce minus 4. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I got an answer when I, I, when I uh, saw Daz and uh, Stu at uh, know, I, uh, at PAX. I, I, I got an answer.
2: I agree. I, I, I don't know if nerfing pierce four it would be a positive move in the game uh because i have weathered plenty of storms in the game so i do see how a model can survive like a little too long <laughs> you know Yeah, and i think the pierce four i think it has its place and um you know war cradle team they they see how to circumvent it and it's as players uh our discussions can help all of us learn how to do it as well yep
3: all right i'm not sharing stewart told me how to do it and i'm not telling (laughs) (laughs) anyone
1: all right well we'll go ahead and wrap up our dev talk then uh how, how do you say it tom bing bada boom we'll go on to the next segment
3: uh, I don't know you just string a bunch of noises together. but then thing about a boom.
1: Twas the night before Exodus Christmas by Sam Burridge. read by our very own Mary Kay.
0: Twas the night before Christmas and all through the West, lawmen and outlaws were taking a rest, watchers were all hibernating in their pods, even the hex was in the land of Nod. The natives were nestled all snug in their beds, while visions of the great spirit danced in their heads, and Wyatt in his long johns, and Doc in his cap, had just settled down for a long winter's nap. When out on the veranda there arose such a clatter, Doc sprang from the bed to see what was the matter. Away to the window he flew like a flash, tore open the shutters and threw up the sash. The moon on the breast of the new-blown sand gave the luster of midday to the Arizona land. When what to Doc's wandering eyes should appear, but Dr. Carpathian, with reanimated reindeer. Those terrible animals, so mechanical and strong. Doc knew in a moment something was wrong. More ugly as vultures, his coursers they came, and he whistled and shouted and called them by name. Now slasher, now smasher, now stamper and viper, on portent, on heartbreak, on bomber and biter. To the top of the porch, to the top of the wall, Now smash away, smash away, smash away all. As dry leaves that before the wild hurricane fly, When they meet with an obstacle, they threw it to the sky. So up to the housetop the coursers they flew, With a sleigh full of weapons, and Carpathian too. When in a crescendo Doc heard from the roof, The stamping and pawing of each mighty hoof, as doc drew his gun, and he was turning around. Down the chimney, Carpathian came with a bound. He was dressed in fur from his head to his foot, and his clothes were all tarnished with RJ and soot. A bundle of guns he had flung on his back, and he looked like a devil just opening his pack. His eyes, how they glittered. His grimace was scary. His cheeks were pale this was no festive fairy his mouth was drawn up in a rictus like grin and the mutton chops on his cheek was as black as sin the stump of a cigar he held tight in his teeth and the smoke it encircled his head like a wreath he had a devilish face and a bionic eye that would glow bright red when someone was about to die fresh ammo for Wyatt bourbon for Doc "'Even Jesse James got something in his sock, "'all of the presents to give a cowpoke some hope, "'although it may be a reach when he gave Ike Clanton some soap. "'He spoke not a word, but went straight to his work "'and filled all the stockings, then turned with a jerk, "'then kicking the door down into the night as he goes, "'he didn't give a fig if Wyatt and Doc froze.' He sprang to his sleigh all shiny and bright, and they all took off as their bum was alight. But I heard him exclaim, ere he drove out of sight, Wild Westmas to all, and to all a good fight.
1: While at PAX, I got a chance to sit down with Parker from the Battle Hammer, and we did a little bit of recording, and we talked about all kinds of stuff, Wild West Exodus, and he actually brought a list with them, so we kind of talked over his list, and we just had some fun uh, shooting the breeze. Parker was here with War Cradle as one of the war hosts, and he was helping them out down at the booth on the floor doing demos, so... In this uh sit down that I had with Parker, it kind of ran kind of long, so I am gonna go ahead and split it up into two parts, so what you're gonna be listening to here is just part one of the sit down I had with Parker, and we'll put part two in a upcoming episode. so let's go ahead and go to the talk I had with Parker and enjoy alrighty alrighty, howdy, 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 all you. Fellers, I'll go with fellers. I'm here, this Black Hoof Saloon. This is Eric here, and I am at PAX Unplugged in Philadelphia, and I actually have somebody here that's all the way from the pond. Say hello. the hoy. hoy. It is Parker from Battlehammer. <laughs> <laughs> so, no. yes, I talked Parker into doing some stuff for Black Hoof Saloon, and, uh... He actually has a bunch of stuff he wants to talk about. We're just going to keep it loose. and uh, So this is actually your second time over here in the States, right?
5: It is, yeah. Yeah, I was lucky enough to go and do some demoing with the War Cradle guys. Um, they invited me along. because Thanks to the YouTube channel. And uh, yeah, if you haven't seen the Battlehammer YouTube channel and you don't mind drinking and swearing, then you know where to find it. It's on the YouTubes. Uh, and I was lucky enough to come over and visit for Gen Con, and that was just insane.
1: They found another crate for you. Yeah, they found another crate <laughs>
5: for me to sit in. Uh, so I came along, and now I'm here at PAX doing demos of Wild West Exodus and I'm having a great time.
1: Yeah, that's cool to see you again. And we got to play some games. We played a bunch of Key Forge. Yeah, and Key Forge
5: has been... Uh, I, I told myself I wasn't getting into it, and then we played a couple of games, and it's like, man, now I've bought a star set yeah. and four decks. And it's I'm like we're gonna buy some more stuff.
1: It's like drugs. It's like that yeah. crack. You just can't stop. You gotta. It's only <laughs> ten more dollars. It's only ten more dollars. Yeah,
5: but I think with KeyForge over the uh, with the previous like collectible card games, you you spend all that money buying the booster packs, and then you don't buy anything you know you throw half of it away because you don't need those lands and stuff like that yeah yeah Whereas with with Keyforge, you buy a new deck you get to play all of those cards you get to play the whole deck and you know maybe it's not something you're super into but at least you get to play with it yeah straight away and you don't have to throw it away like half the stuff you do when you buy boosters
1: well it's easy to get into yeah. too i mean you don't have to deck build which is like what mary liked mm. you just buy it and go yeah i mean i don't know how many fights we got into Deck building magic and stuff. Yeah,
5: yeah,
1: totally. So, but yeah, we're in the room right now. I'm gonna turn the fan off so we, you guys, don't have to listen to a fan. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> and of course, uh, it's not working.
5: Being at, being at PAX has been amazing. Being able to talk to people and run demo games and getting people hooked on the game. Yeah, it's really nice when you you've got like a few certain special rules that you really like. And then you kind of start talking about the game, and then people go, oh, yeah, that's really cool, and it's just...
1: It gets you excited, right? Yeah,
5: yeah, it gets me really pumped. I want to go home. I was talking to someone, and they were kind of into the idea of the Hex, the Absolute Power Posse. Okay. And I've been playing them a lot lately, and all kind of, I was kind of getting really pumped and getting really into it. <laughs> and it kind of made me like, oh, yeah, you know what? I'm going to go home and paint all my stuff, you know? Yeah. Got me really excited.
1: That's the great thing about, like, our... The game of Wild West Exodus. You start telling these stories to somebody that maybe has an interest, but they don't know, Mm. and then you start seeing them light up, and then it lights you up because you want to do it more. But all your stuff's at home. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
5: yeah, yeah. Which is slightly frustrating. I'd wish I could have brought it all over, but sadly, I can't fit it all on the plane.
1: Yeah, they only allow so much in a crate.
5: Yeah, it's it's
1: some some you know hay and. Maybe a little water bottle like they put in the gerbil cages.
5: Yeah. Yeah, or some chickens like uh, Indiana Jones. Yeah.
1: So that's a little brief uh, experience Parker had here at PAX. PAX, is, is it's been really good to see people's response to War Cradle's booth. There's been a lot of people. Like I, I got to jump in on the demo table for a while this yeah. weekend and you know give kind of a quick rundown of how the game works and key points. I mean... You know, what is one of the things that, like, when you do a demo and you want to kind of capture that person, mm-hmm. like, bring them in, what do, you, what do you usually start off with with your demos?
5: Um, for me, I tend to go, I like, I use a couple of special rules, like go through what the stats do, how you, how you do something in the game, like you roll a d10, you add a stat, you want to turn or more, and that's how you do stuff. Okay. Um, but I think the key, if you want to be not good at running demos, but if you want to run demos... I think one of the key things is to pick something about the game that you really like and kind of focus on that. Okay. Because if you enjoy it and then there's things about the game that are the, the reason that you play, if you tell other people and they you get excited and they see you get excited, they're more likely to get excited about it. Yeah, um, yeah. And I think pointing out things that make it different from other games like the adventure deck. Yeah. That's kind of a really different thing. It's
1: definitely a unique quality in the game. Yeah,
5: yeah. And I think that helps people, gives them to... Them something to latch on to, yeah, and then eventually you start talking about like, what faction you might want to play, and then they're like, Oh, cool! So you've got like cowboys, yeah, yeah, yeah. So well, who are those guys? Oh, the conquistadors, yeah, they got trapped in a time bubble, oh, yeah, from the 1600s, and now they're trying to take America in the name of Spain. Well, oh, I you know, got horses, I,
1: I couldn't pass up the. the Newer posse set that came out with all of the condiscadors on yeah. mounted black hoofs. I mean, I am a sucker for black hoofs. Well, yeah. I mean, totally gobby, <laughs> losing, the, losing the title, right? So yeah, yeah. So I had to pick those up, yeah. of course.
5: Um, I think as long as, and also like understanding that they're gamers and they've got like a certain amount of general competitiveness, mm-hmm. and kind of you know you wind one guy up to wind up his mate, or if it's a husband and wife, and you kind of go, no man. You know, it's going to split your marriage up. (laughs) And you just kind of... I I think when people run demos, they can think that they're trying to sell something. Don't think about it like that. Just think, look, maybe they get into it. Not every game is for everyone. So you might come across people who just aren't interested. And that's fine. But as long as you're friendly to the people who are interested, then you can't ask for anything else, really. Well,
1: they'll walk away even if they're not 100%. They have it in their mind. So they're thinking about maybe something like... Like, I talked to some people that wanted to know a little bit about the game, and they were first attracted by the models themselves. Mm. The models are fantastic. And I had a guy tell me that he's a painter. Mm. So he's just like, these models are fantastic for painting. And I, you know, I took him around by the booth where the displays were and showed him all that stuff that, like, you know, the studio painted ones. And he was just like, oh my God, these look fantastic. Yeah. So that was his hook, was the. The hobby aspect yeah. of it.
5: And understanding if, if if people if you start talking about rules and they're not so into that, or if you start talking about the models and they're not so bothered about that, you just get aware of who you're talking to and you know, responding to
1: Yeah. To how them. they react. Yeah. Okay. So you had some other stuff you wanted to talk about. I did, yeah. yeah. I mean, you guys... Kind of the heels of our last episode?
5: Yeah, because you guys uh, talk a lot about top threes, right?
1: Yeah, we have been doing a lot of top thre- <laughs> threes.
5: I, I like that. So I was thinking uh, top three special and common rules. Okay. Okay? Uh, and I've got three, and I've got an honorary mention as well. Okay. So, so shall I start with my my three? My number
1: three? Do your three. Okay. Do do three, not like what we did, three, two, four, one, but do three, three, two, honorable mention, and then do your number one. Sounds
5: good. Okay, so we're talking special and common rules, so that's all the common rules, which are the, like, the, I say the special rules that all the guys have, and you've got, like, a separate card for all that, um, and you've also got the... Special rules that are on the back of There's
1: cards. specific abilities to yeah. that character.
5: Um, for my my top three. My three is kind of a cheat because it's actually two special rules, oh. but they kind of are the same thing in a way. So it's underboss and team player. Okay. So underboss means if you've got a face unit for 45 points, they get a point of fortune. They get the largest special rule, and they become a boss. Okay. So that way you can. Uh, turn a face into a boss, so they can run a posse. Uh, and then the, o- the other side of that is team player, um, and team player means that uh, it's a boss unit. And then when the boss, you can, you can use them as a face instead, so that way you get the two different options. Uh, you can, and I think it just creates a, a real interest with list building. Uh, maybe you don't want, maybe you want to use that boss, but you don't really think you're going to fit it in your posse. So you can. Or well, maybe you've got, like for Absolute Power, Megan Wilde has got Underboss. So mm-hmm. maybe I don't want to go heavy with uh, the, the third man, so I can use her as a boss. And I think for me, those two combos are really interesting. I'd like maybe one more team player or underboss in every faction. And then it kind of just creates a real interesting stuff when it comes yeah.
1: to this building. Yeah, you, you have more options then, yeah. and you can more so like mix and match yeah. guys. Yeah, there's not really a whole lot of underbosses, is there? That's something that I think...
5: No, I think maybe another one for each major faction would, yeah. be, would be plenty. Yeah. Have cool. you got a particular top three?
1: Uh, I do not, actually. You caught me on the spot. <laughs>
5: well, maybe you can do that as part when you, when you three guys are chatting. You can yeah.
1: I mean, I do like... So I play a lot of Enlightened, and I do like the... Uh, the fact that they can resurrect mm-hmm. their their constructs. I mean, it's one of my favorite. But I I'll pretty much choose that over doing a taint test. Mm-hmm. Just I like bringing them back the the horde type yeah. thing, and it's very thematic to to them.
5: My problem is I always forget to keep myself within six inches. That's the that's or the hard a part. Point to be able to do it.
1: Yes, that's the hard thing about that ability uh, is. Yeah, if you get them too spread out, sorry, you're out of luck, they're going to die. Or a lot of times what happens to me is my boss will die, and then (laughs) I got all these guys that are laying out there, and I'm like, oh, man, I can't bring them back. That's the way, man. So sometimes it's good as in in list building is to maybe plan for that and put another guy that has that ability, like a face. Um, there's a couple that can do it, so it's yeah, something think, to think about. Um,
5: off the top of my head, Francis Tumblety can do it, and yep. so can oh, what's the guy's name? Jedediah Smith or something? Yeah. One of the one of the faces for the enlightened
1: Yeah, he looks like the the circus guy with the long coat.
5: Yeah, that's it. And he's got the big staff.
1: Yeah. All right. What else do you got?
5: So number two, uh, is 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 quite a simple one. After after the kind of complicated list building thing. It's a really simple one. It's just tough. Tough is so oh, good. Oh,
1: you, you stole one from me. Did I? Yes, that was my favorite ability yeah. like a couple editions ago. I still love it though. It's still a fantastic ability.
5: Yeah. I mean, it saves you so much fortune because you can do all those re rolls. Mm-hmm. Uh, and whether you get it via the medium of actually having tough or via someone who's got sore bones, it's just, it's just saves you so much hassle. Yeah. Which is so nice. I mean, I I like to play my kind of first love for the Enlightened is Augusta Byron. Okay. Um, And she's got sore bones. And then I pair her up with Frances Dumblety, who's also got sore bones. Then you can spread a lot of tough around the force.
1: Do you end up putting, uh, what's her name, the nurse? Harmony Ratchet. Harmony in there, too.
5: So I don't, because she kind of doesn't do anything else. No. She's got,
1: like, one trick.
5: Yeah. And
1: that's it. I mean, I've been trying to get her to work with that kind of thing, with the sawbones and tough, and uh, it's worked once, maybe out of, you know, a handful of times. So it's tough to get that to work.
5: Yeah, but, I mean, just just having the access to those re-rolls Especially when you're used to spending it on fortune for a reroll. Yeah, and suddenly it's just like, man,
1: well, it's much more survivable. We've we've mentioned before in another podcast that the fortune are so valuable. Yeah, they can do so much that that's like the last thing you want to spend mm-hmm. in your game to do an ability.
5: Yeah, I mean, if you're rerolling anything, it's good. Whether you're rerolling to hit with linked or you're forcing your opponent to reroll because they're shrouded but tough, just. Oh, so good. Yeah, and especially like I think we're on one point eight now. I think in one point, I want to say one point seven. Used to re-roll those critical fails.
1: Yeah, that was yeah. the last time we got that. That hurt. That was a, a kick, and you know, it's I need some ice after that change because <laughs> yeah. that was the one thing that I thought made Enlightened stand out is that they were the only ones that could re-roll the yeah. ones. And I know a lot of people were you know, had the banner going, oh, it's broken, it's broken. I'm like, but it sets them apart. They're the yeah. only ones that can do it. And yeah, like I mean, I'd have
5: rather, personally, I'd have rather paid the extra points. And like, you know, if it was just more expensive, that's fine. Yeah. I'd pay the extra points and, and not bothered. But this is what it is. I can see why they did it, just to kind of even things out so everyone's on the same like level playing field. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, but it was nice to re-roll those crit fails. Yeah. Straw, uh, who I played with a lot, he... He used
1: to complain so much. <laughs> And I, I could hear him complain That I there's yeah. <laughs> been videos we've watched of yours and yeah, he gets on that rant and it's just like okay.
5: Yeah. I used to swear a lot about <laughs> But no one else can do it. Rah, rah,
1: rah, rah. <laughs> well, that's kinda the, what I thought made him unique. But yeah. oh well.
5: Yeah.
1: So so you stole one from me. Good. I, I, don't, I don't have one.
5: <laughs> Great minds think alike, man. Great minds think alike. Um, my honorary mention, so the reason it's an honorary mention is because it's technically not a special rule. Okay. Uh, it's the tainted keyword. So for people who don't know, if you're tainted, when you get attacked, rather than straight dying, you make a taint check, which is a mind check. If you get 10 or more, then you succeed. And you turn into a hex beast. I mean, that's just cool. It's that's like. a
1: big, nasty, ugly, yeah. pussy-looking thing. and yeah. I mean, It
5: just feels like an 80s zombie film. Yeah. And it's got that kind of vibe. Uh, and then if you get a critical success on it, you count as passing your grit check. Um, and I've had a couple of times when Kodiak, the big bear dude, yeah. and, you know, ah, oh, finally got to kill Kodiak, make that mind check, get that crit, he's back in the game. It's so satisfying. Yeah. I mean, it's technically not a special rule because it's a keyword, but... It counts as a special rule. It's just so damn good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would love to. I mean, I was tempted this weekend to buy some more, uh, you know, a pack of Hex Beasts mm-hmm. just so I can run another squad of them yeah. and just, you know, have these lumbering swarm of you know a horde a yeah. horde of these things just coming up the, the board would just be scary
5: yeah and it's super thematic to the game you know the idea of the RJ 1027 like corrupting people and then they become all tainted and explode into this monster yeah you know and that's something and one of the things that sets Wexler's apart is that you have that, that there's a lot of people with tainted so you do see it a Semi-regular so basis.
1: Yeah, and it goes through a lot of the different factions, so yeah. it's not just in one faction. No, no,
5: totally.
1: So that's cool. I mean, I you know what? I think I did think of one. Yeah. I I think one of my favorite. It's like you said, ability mm-hmm. is prod, prodigious. Yeah. I almost said it right. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, there's a couple guys that can do it, and I love that. It's a an ability that when they do a uh a focus they're focusing for three points instead of just the two um there's been so many times where uh, i've used that with uh, dr c Mm -hmm. having that and you know i his weapon with the rate of fire it's like it's one yeah so it's not fantastic to hit but it's like i want to really make sure i hit so it helps with that.
5: Yeah, I mean, you go from aim six, I think, to aim nine. Yeah, really, just crazy. So it's like, okay, you're
1: gonna hit. Yeah, and the other people in the in the world that have that, I mean, it's it's just it's a really good ability to yeah. have.
5: And you forget how it just makes all of your fortune so much more powerful. Yes, because you know you you can fight, and even with movement, you get to move an extra three inches instead of an extra two.
1: That's a big deal, three, three inches. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean... probably needs an extra inch, right? (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, that one just popped into my head. That's one. That's, like, my bane, just Mm -hmm. because I can't say
5: it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My number one, my number one special slash common rule is Dark Council. Uh, Oh,
1: yeah, that's one I don't use enough either. I forget about
4: it a lot.
5: I've been playing... uh, I used to play mostly Enlightened, and now I've been playing a lot of... uh, Hex with the dark, um, absolute power, and there's like four people in it with it. That's yeah, it's house. crazy, and it is so good. I mean, because you can compel hex, uh, oh, sorry, tainted creatures. So I can move my hex Beasts up the board. I can move creature up the board. Yep, I yep. can control your guys. You know, super powerful. And then of course you get your, um you get to create hexoliths, so you can teleport around, and that gives you access to extra fortune as well. It's just so good. Yeah. Like, it's just so, so good. And I love it. I really love him playing the Absolute Powerful Seeker.
1: I apple. have it, and I have yet, I, well, i got too many to put together. <laughs> I, I've, I've had it for a while, and I think I started putting together one. I I have a hard time leaving my Enlightened behind yeah. to try different ones. Um, I was doing a Dark Nation for a while. Nice. And then when that Absolute Power came out, I was like, okay, I got to try this. I got to try this cuz I got I got a taste of it with Dr. Bytel. Yeah. Who's more like hex than Dark Nation. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, man, the abilities for a hex posse is just crazy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's one of those, I guess you call it shenanigans. Yeah. There's a lot of shenanigans that you can pull and it's it, it's what sets that faction apart yeah. of doing that kind of stuff?
5: We've seen the uh, Doctor Bytel's, um, I can't remember what they called the posse, but I know we've seen some of the renders. Yeah, uh, and you've got like the, the the guy with the like the that extra arms. Yeah, it's barely, like it, like
1: from the the movie, the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, Total yeah. Recall. Total Recall. Yeah, yeah.
5: <laughs> I mean, that's not to love. And I can't, We've seen the pictures, but I really, I can't, I want that to be out now. I want yeah.
1: that so bad. Well, like, it comes with two hex dogs. Oh, the
5: big hex dogs, yeah, look amazing.
1: I'm like, they have those things running around, yeah. and then, like, what we saw this weekend with wolves. Yeah. I'm like, oh my god. You've got robot dogs. Got I mean, wolves. that might actually make me play Warrior Nation just because it's got wolves. Yeah. I don't think she'll like that though. <laughs> Mary's sitting in the room with us. And that's no wolves. It's <laughs> a throwback to Game of Thrones um, card game. Yeah, yeah. She hates my wolf deck. <laughs> See if I do, I got a number one. Um, I had it in my head and it went. Whew. I do like, you know what ability I really like? And because I'm a fan of the robot dogs, is Sikkim. Mm. I like posses or characters, it's usually faces, that have the Sikkim special rule on them. So you can keep uh, like a pack of dogs by them. And then after they go, it's like they can unleash the hounds. Yeah. And then the hounds can just rush in there. And if you do the gun dogs, you can put a bunch of Gatling guns on them and they can just tear into something or if you're running the canine units, which are very, very fast, so they can cover a lot of ground, and then they just start tearing into somebody. Yeah, I think that's an ability that, um, so, like, I've been starting to look at Confederates, and there's a couple Confederate guys, like uh, Annabelle's brother, Hamilton. Ben Hamilton. Ben Hamilton has that ability. Yeah, and there's Uh, someone
5: else in there as well, I think. I think, I can't remember who he is, but there's another guy.
1: So, I originally, I got into the game with Confederates, and I have yet to really explore them. Mm-hmm. And they're starting to kind of cross-faction with them, with, like, Enlightened. And you're yeah. starting to see tie-ins with them or Outlaw. So, it's starting to pique my interest a little more that so, I need to try these guys. I need to try them out. Yeah,
5: Sikkim's um, really good. Because you, you get the teamwork action, so that means they can activate straight away. So, yep. you pop someone, you can activate the dogs onto them and also you get that free focus which is really
1: nice. And that's a big part of the game is that you're sometimes you want to concentrate your more or less your fire on one guy. Yeah. And that helps you do that. You don't have to wait for your opponent to go and then and then maybe I can activate him based yeah. you know.
5: You want to take out someone like White up. And-
1: Heck yeah. That guy's big old cannon. That oh, scares man. the hell out of me. He's a dick. <laughs> <laughs>
5: <laughs> no offense offense, wire, but you're a bit of a dick.
1: Yeah, we, we won't get into minus four piercing. I think yeah. we talked a lot about that recently. And yeah,
5: it is what it is, man.
1: It is, it is. So those are your your special rules list, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I don't know
5: if you, you guys obviously can can make your own list or whatever. But I thought I want in honor of your top threes. I thought you
1: like hey, our I top threes.
5: Own. I do. Yeah, yeah. Because it, it, I think it it creates a nice discussion about different aspects of the game. Um, and could you all got slightly different things coming from different places. Yeah, I know that you know you all like those uh, Ranger Interceptors.
1: Yeah, we do. Um, I think the other guys like them more than me because mm-hmm. it just fits in with their their flavor. Sure, they're supposedly good guys that they like playing. Yeah, I always tell mm-hmm. them that my guys just want hugs. That's all they want. That's it. That's all, that's all. <laughs> yeah, I do. I think I first got introduced at with doing demos with the the demo. A lot of times you demo with the two-player starter, because it's a great way to show people the game. Yeah. So a lot of times, I mean, I know Outlaw, but a lot of people want to play Outlaw, so then I was kind of forced to play Law. Mm-hmm. So then it's like, oh, it's got an interceptor. So I try it, and I was just like, holy crap, this yeah. thing throws a lot of heat at people. Yeah.
5: And they are really good. Yeah. They're so fast. They, they're those um, hyper eagle velocity rifles just
1: insane no i know i i can't imagine having like three of them on the board yeah. episodes ago when we did our uh our posse challenge and we did like i did the all boss list mm-hmm. and three of the bosses i picked were on uh well not those but they're on iron horses so it's still a vehicle but just having more than one vehicle on the board was just is nasty yeah so i can only imagine with three of those things on the board what it's gonna do
5: yeah, they can they can take stuff out. Properly. Definitely. Cool. PS minus three, linked. Uh, shred! I think on the
1: yeah, shred it's and so and good. if you move a certain amount, they they It'll get a target sh- well. moving target, oh. so it's hard to deal with them. So good. I mean, I i love Tom's theory of just doing donuts. Yeah, <laughs>
5: yeah. yeah I I don't know rules wise because obviously if they move. They have to move a certain distance. Yeah. Can you move them in a circle, or does that only is it from the point they were at to the point they end up at?
1: Yeah, I think that, and we've talked about that. That's kind of like one of those finer points. We might have to pick Stewart's brain. Yeah, about. Call. We'll chat soon to tomorrow. Um, because it doesn't really say you can't. You're still yeah. moving, and I mean, in the game, when you move, you can stop whenever you want. Ooh. So technically, you could.
5: Technically, yeah. But. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to have a chat with Stuart tomorrow You had it here first We'll, we'll, we'll let you know next time the podcast is on What the, what the census was
1: So what else you, did you want to talk about? So, I'm letting you have the mic That's kind of you, I appreciate it Because you're used to video So we just get to hear your, your sing-song voice
5: <laughs> That's nice uh, So I was thinking And I'm sure you've had this kind of thing So people talk about list building, right? And in a lot of games, when you're talking about list building, you, you're talking about what exact thing do I want to take? You know, Do I want to have this unit? Like, 40k is a game that lots of people know. And, like, if you play Death Guard and then they say, because I follow the Death Guard um, Facebook page, and they're like, what should I take? What weapons should I take in what units? And how many of these guys should I have? And what's the most efficient thing, right? And I don't think that you can do that same thing in... Uh, well, West Exodus. No, it was, it's a more fluid game. Yeah, um, but I do think there are things you can think about when you're building a list. Things you might. you am not saying you should definitely take all of these things, but there's definitely aspects of of these things that you could should think about.
1: Well, there you go, guys. There was part one of my sit down talk with Parker from PAXU this past November. Keep an eye and an ear open for a future episode of the black Hoof saloon where i will put in part two of our sit down with parker and like i said i just split it up into two parts for time uh we kind of were rambling on for quite some time so i wanted to keep it a little bit short for this uh christmas episode so be sure that you guys catch the second part in one of our episodes Your down the line one,
5: mr grinch you really are a heel. You're as cuddly as a cactus. You're as charming as an eel. Mr. pinch you're a bad banana with a greasy black peel.
1: Well, listen, guys, we're uh, rambling on quite a bit for this episode. Our last episode for the year being December, we will... Be back next year, of course, with some new things in the works. Uh, you know, we wanted to thank everybody that uh, listens to the show. I mentioned it earlier, likes it, and is following us. Uh, we appreciate it. Want to give a quick shout-out to Chris over at Wildstorm Games. <laughs> Want to give a quick shout-out to Chris at Wildstorm Games. They're a company in the UK. They make uh tokens and such for uh different games and they got a couple tokens out there that you can get for uh Wild West Exodus and uh they're actually they have a tournament coming up. Uh they're calling it Bad Day at Black Rock tournament in January, January nineteenth. I think it's 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 near the Battlehammer guys. Uh so I know they'll be there. I think I saw that uh, Chris Pond might be there and stuff. So if you guys are in that area, check him out. It's, I think it's actually sponsored by Wildstorm Games. He recently gave us some comments and uh, you know some praise and stuff for the show, so I wanted to give him a little bit of a shout-out. Also wanted to mention, we got... So coming up, we just finished up with PAX. We have Adepticon is probably going to be the next time we see... Uh, War Cradle in the States, I think they're bringing the same team. Uh, talking to Parker, he said he's he's going to be making the trip again. And Adepticon's uh, end of March, March 27th to 31st. And hopefully we can get something going for open play at Adepticon that we just couldn't get going at PAX. They, it's going to be a little bit easier for us to haul in stuff. Um, I know some of the, the community members that are going wanted to do something there more open play and uh if if you guys didn't see it there is a a group on Facebook that we that we put together. Uh it's let me think we called it uh I think we just called it Adepticon open play. So it's a place for you guys that are going to Adepticon. You can get on there and talk with each other and kind of plan some stuff out. Uh, We figured it was easier to kind of just start a separate group for something like that. That you guys, I know we're starting to talk on the Dark Council. And the problem with Facebook, like any of the pages and stuff, it doesn't take long to get something lost in the shuffle. So we figure it's an easier way to just stay in contact with stuff uh, at Adepticon. And I know I will be there. Both me and Tom signed up for the tournament. Tom, I think, is going to be there. Tom, are you going for sure or not? Tom, you're on mute. <laughs> <laughs> See? Tom's I on didn't deal. have
3: on mute before. You, you you got the Muppet Show, and now, then I mute, mute it, and I don't get to talk. Uh, I'm about 90%. I'll probably 90%? be there.
1: 90%? Okay. And we're still working and, on Brian. We may have to... And that, the,
3: and that group, by the way, is the Wild West Exodus AdeptCon twenty nineteen open play.
1: You think you think I would know this since I, I think <laughs> I was the one that wrote that and put it together, but you know, I got too much in my brain. I can only fit so much in there. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, if you guys haven't checked uh checked that out, go ahead and find that. Also, real quick, and I was gonna suggest this to you, Tom. We actually just yesterday, so I had a demo day yesterday at a local store and one of the community members brought up the point of, you know, instead of having just the different store groups, maybe we should start like a a kind of an area group. So we put together a Chicagoland Wild West Exodus group on Facebook. So if you guys are in my area, you can check that out and kind of, you know, get together with the other community members that are into the game and maybe set up your games easier that way. And I think, Tom, you guys have one. I think Mike put something together in the Delaware area for something like that.
3: Uh, I don't know. Uh, well, I don't know why he would do it in the Delaware area. But... I, thought, <laughs> um, I remember
4: seeing something sure. like I'll that. But it. It,
1: that was a while ago, so I could be mistaken of the area. But, I mean, it's it's... If you guys are unsure where to play, kind of do a search in your area. Maybe you'll find a group. There's a couple popping up. I know, Brian, you got one in the Houston area. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a good way, depending on, you know, if it's kind of a drive for certain people to get to a, a store that supports the game, maybe you can do a pickup game somewhere else. So at least you're, you're getting games and you're playing. So. But on that note, uh, you know we mentioned so it is december when we're recording this so christmas and the holiday are coming up and i wanted to throw out to you guys what is the one wild west exodus thing that you'd love to see under the tree what is santa gonna bring you and put under the tree since it's christmas time
3: are is this going to be things that are actually gettable or things that are on our wish list <laughs> how <laughs> because, big is you know, your santa's wish got list elves. <laughs> well you know santa's got elves and they can customize things right <laughs>
1: <laughs> well yeah i guess i guess let's keep it loose i mean what what do you want under the tree tom
3: I want a dozen iron horses. Okay. <laughs> so I, I I want a dozen iron horses to make my damn Custer cavalry.
1: <laughs> well that that and bases, right? You need bases like Uh yes,
3: I I could use some bases uh <laughs> to go with those. Um uh you know, I I acquired some some Union and great great uh bundle I got there and I opened it up and there were no bases in there. Yeah. So <laughs> Oh uh, have no! To, man? Hold, uh, yeah, well, there were there were a couple for the for the faces, but for all the line troops and the armored guards and stuff, there are no bases, so I'm mean, gonna have to get a hold of those.
1: All those should be easy enough to get, though. I I, I think. Sure. I mean, uh, there will be a stocking stuffer for you, Tom.
3: <laughs> awesome. What about, you you? about forty of those.
1: <laughs> what about you, Brian? What's what's your your Big gift that uh, is on the top of your list from Santa.
2: Um. Well, obviously, it's not going to be world peace in the dystopian age. <laughs> that would be no fun. That's right. That would not be any fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but really, the only thing I'm I'm like super excited that I, I hope is under the tree this year is a legendary Jedi Powell oh. in 2020. Just one? Well, because I have two of the others <laughs> separate, I, I'm not really sure I need two legendaries. <laughs> you can make them right as, you know, like
1: like on the side of 2020, like some trick shooter.
3: <laughs> oh, Brian, I forgot to tell you, I also got an answer on Quick and the Dead for you. <laughs> on legendary, Jed, as well. Uh, was it was is that what was missing
2: on there? Oh, I, I'm not really sure. I want to be caught on record saying what all is missing.
3: <laughs> i uh I, I asked i asked questions i got a, i got a definitive answer and it's when you're actually mounted and riding you're less um less agile <laughs> so so that's why that was removed that's from there not
2: altogether consistent because willis shaw <laughs> is <laughs> um yeah but she's got a, she got a motorbike <laughs> he's not legendary <laughs> neither are you God, that's different
1: <laughs> well what I want to see under the tree actually I, there's probably a lot I want to see under the tree I don't know if I can narrow it down to one thing I know I know, I know, I know. Ten Maids of I, okay, so help. I want I want to see uh, my Ghostbuster Enlightened.
3: That's a little oh, ways to the wish. off.
1: Yeah, that's more of a wish list, but...
3: Whoa, there's going to be okay. Ghostbusters Enlightened?
1: Yeah. Uh, I, want the, I want the kitty cats. Oh, yeah, that's a good one, too. See, I, I can't choose. There's too many that I want to choose. I just hope they have Agent. So... Maybe I should just pick something that I know I can go and buy. How about, let's see.
2: I just want those Thundercats to be able to team up with my lawman. <laughs> <laughs> Make it happen, Stuart.
1: <laughs> yeah, I. you know what? I think what I want to see under the tree is not necessarily an actual like posse or model. What I think I would like to see under the tree is... A nice paint set um it's something that i'm kind of lacking on I, I keep nickel and diming my paints where i'll buy one bottle here one bottle there uh i'd like to get like a nice set kind of like what you got brian where you get it all in one big box and yeah, then you're, that was like you're pretty set
2: I, I mean i i was eyeballing it and then it was a limited run so it was like they didn't do it for very long
1: yeah
4: and
2: then. Uh, I even went to Adepticon and, and ran into Oz and was like, hey, he was working for Army Painter there. And I was like, do you have any here? And he was like, no, those things are hard to, hard to get a hold of, man.
0: Yeah. And I think
2: they're all out. And I was like, oh, man, bummer. And then uh, that next week, I was just, you know, wishful thinking, searching on Amazon. And boom, someone had like two copies of the wow. super veteran war chest that had all the war paints all in one bundle and it was like 30 something percent off or some crazy amazon super special i was like beep, beep, beep. and uh, <laughs> it's a great purchase it's literally the entire line so i can just look on this chart that has all the different colors and i was like hmm, what color do i want to use <laughs> so it, it it's a pretty good buy it's it definitely helps uh, the Vallejo set that I have, I did a few colors at a time, Yeah. Uh, as I was then dried out GW paint.
1: Yeah, that's that's I think I I want I would wish to see under the tree, is a, a decent variety of paints, and uh, the best way I I see that is in like a nice big set, kind of like that.
3: That's how I got my first set too. Was I I got the Army Painter Mega set, and it's not as it's the predecessor to the set, Brian got.
1: Okay. Uh, yeah.
3: probably, probably about half as many paints as he had, but I got 40 paints or so in it, so it, yeah, was, it was pretty good.
1: A lot of my paints are... I mean, I'm still actually using some GW uh, paints that I'm surprised they still work. Some of them, the pots, you know, the old pots, I got to put water in them and mix them a little bit, but they still work, but they're a lot of my, my paint color schemes are very kind of all over the place. So I need a nice set that, you know, they're uh, not so widespread. Yeah, look at this. (laughs) Those are kind of the, the range of colors I need, not one purple and one that looks like almost pink. I need, you know, those gradations. So, Well, all right, that kind of sums up our Christmas wishes. We kind of covered a lot in this show for uh the last one in, in the year. want to remind everybody that uh, you can contact us on the facebook at blackhoof w w x podcast and feel free to send us emails with comments, questions, or just ideas that you you know you guys want to talk about at BlackHoofSaloon saloon at gmail dot com um like I said, we'll be back. Next year with some new stuff Uh, that's right around the corner, we will uh, start off the new year running. I think Uh, we got there's a lot of big things coming in the next year for War Cradle, so I think it's enough to keep us busy. And we wanted to wish everybody happy holidays, happy safe holidays, and we hope that everybody gets all their wish list from Santa under the tree or in their stockings. So. We will talk to you guys next year. Happy holidays, and remember when you're opening up your presents under the tree and putting together your brand-new models to ride with the sun at your back and always roll those crits. This is Eric saying, take it easy. We will talk to you later.
3: Yeah, I hope everyone has uh, some good holidays, celebrating however you celebrate. Uh, Be safe out there, and
2: uh, probably talk to you in the new year. Yeah, yep. This is uh, Brian saying goodbye. Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. And have a good New Year. And we'll see you guys in 2019. All right. We'll talk to you later, guys.
0: Thanks for stopping by the Black Hoof Saloon, y'all. We hope you enjoyed your visit. Feel free to get a hold of us with comments or questions via the interweb. And shoot us a telegraph at Hoof. Hoof Saloon at gmail.com or find us on the Facebook at Black Hoof WWX Podcast. Music provided for use by Ross Bugden and can be found at one of his YouTube channels, Ross Bugden Music or Ross Bugden Composer. Until your next visit, ride with the sun at your back and always roll those crits. the stranger is. Oh, 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 what
5: a wonderful sense of humor you have. And you have a marvelous mind. And the other parts ain't bad either.
4: Just think of it. Last week I've been dancing with Natalie Makarova. And today I'm in a steam room with a Lady Pig. Oh, yes. But isn't it heaven? Don't think heaven is this warm. It's more like the other place.
0: If you're warm, maybe you're overdressed. No, I'm
4: fine.
0: Maybe I'm overdressed. That's
4: what I'm leaving. Oh, no, sweetie, you just got here. Please. You don't understand. I really
5: can't oh, stay. Baby,
4: it's cold outside. I've got to go away. It's cold outside. <laughs> this evening has been. Oh,
5: How oh, beautiful. What's your mind? Don't more. be such a terrible <laughs> fool. How <laughs> oh, beautiful. What's the hurry? Maybe just a little while more. Don't matter how I'll lock the door. Oh, dear. Oh. Baby, you freeze out
0: there. <laughs> oh,
4: baby, you cough and you sneeze out there. <coughs> Grand, oh, but oh. Not. How can you do this thing to me? Oh, beautiful, Please, so will be plenty in oh, No, no. I'm dreaming say,
0: <laughs> Boy, he's really good, that Rudolph Nure. Uh, uh, Nure uh, you know, I should really learn
2: to pronounce his name. Uh, don't bother now. After this show, he'll probably change it.
4: <laughs> oh! <laughs>